Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Aaron King. Dr. Aaron is physician and executive director of Hope Clinic for Women, which is located in Granite City, Illinois. Hello, Dr. Aaron. Hi, how are you? I am good. And, you know, I mean, we were talking about this before we began that this is a real, this podcast tends to be really lighthearted and fun and whatever, but but the subjects that we're going to talk about today are not lighthearted and fun. Right. So I want to start with your... Um, your your TEDx St. Louis talk that you did, Missouri, your mothers are dying. Wow. Um, sad for Missouri that this is happening. Sad for, for other states where this is. But l- let's talk about, let's get to that subject. Yeah. So this is a really good time to talk about this. Yes, looks, it is. It looks very much like any moment, any day, not today, maybe tomorrow, the Supreme Court might release a decision, an opinion that will weaken or eliminate the protections that Roe versus Wade has had in this country around abortion. And it looks like not just Missouri, but there might be close to 26 states in the United States that will look a lot like Missouri when we're talking about abortion restrictions. And Missouri has gone from seeing five, 6,000 patients a year in its own state for abortion care to less than a couple hundred. In Gloucester, they saw 150. And and the reason that kind of links to what I was talking about in December with my TED Talk, there's a clear link between reproductive health access, whether that's abortion care, prenatal care, contraception, any type of care that's related to being pregnant, not being pregnant, getting pregnant, ending a pregnancy. There's a clear link between the access that people have in a state and the maternal mortality rates in that state. So in states where reproductive health access is worse, the maternal mortality or maternal death rate is is much higher, significantly higher. In cases of for example, Missouri, it's almost double the national average. And I think that's getting, when you look at that, and I talked about it in December of this past year, at a time that was clearly getting more and more critical for Missouri. And I feel like now this is critical across the United States because more and more states are saying access to reproductive health care is not a priority in the state. And therefore we will see things like the maternal mortality rate. There's lots of other things that will change, but that's kind of an indicator that's tracked in most states, right. all states actually. We will see that change and we will see it change for the worse in the states that are banning abortion. They are also, it's not just abortion that they're kind of restricting. It will be access to other types of reproductive health care, but abortion is kind of the hot topic right now. Oh my gosh. And so, and that was what was so interesting about your talk is like, here's these states that are right next door to each other. And there's such a difference in what's going on in Missouri and then what you see over in Illinois. Mm -hmm. But is Illinois one of the states that may go the Missouri way? Not right now. So Illinois has worked really hard over the last 20 years to elect new lawmakers and elect a governor and the people making decisions 
uh, to change what reproductive health access looks like in Illinois. So there were a lot of restrictions around abortion. And then in 2018, going into 2019, first, um, well, a lot of lot of the abortion laws in Illinois were kind of undone over time, but really the big one was in 2019, the Reproductive Health Act passed in Illinois, which essentially said, in many words, it's a long, but right, what right, it right. said was reproductive health care is the same as other health care. So of course, it's going to be regulated like all other medical care is in the state, right, right. but it's not going to be different. It's not going to be different when you need an abortion. You don't have to go to a special facility. You don't have to see, you know, um, your doctor doesn't have to do certain types of tests that are not medically necessary. You don't have to read certain type of literature. You don't have to come back for several visits. You get to treat it like a normal healthcare visit. You say, look, this is a service that I need right now. And for a lot of people I desperately need right now. I cannot be pregnant right now for whatever reason. You go see your doctor or your healthcare provider. There's um, certainly nurse practitioners that see patients for abortion care in Illinois. You go see that provider. You talk to them about it. Maybe you have a support person, maybe your partner, maybe a sister, friend, and you make that decision in your own community, with your own family, with your own healthcare provider. And then that healthcare provider says, look, here's medication to take, or here's a procedure that I can do for you. Um, that's very quick. And you go home, hopefully to close to where you live. Where you and it just care. feels like, it just feels so scary for these, you know, women out there that, I mean, I just can't imagine having this right now as a woman when, you know, we've worked so hard for our rights and, you know, what have you. And now we're being told again, oh, well, no, you don't get those rights. Right. You're basically being told, we don't trust that you know yourself. We don't trust that you can make decisions. We don't trust that you have your own value system around reproductive health care and pregnancy and family and parenting. You're being told that by your essentially your own state. So it's really going to be most likely a state-by-state decision at any time. And there are, you know, we've seen this happen. We had kind of a dry run over the last three or four years right here on this kind of Illinois-Missouri border where Missouri got so restrictive. Again, there's really no abortions happening in Missouri. So we've watched people traveling further and further away. And now a lot of people have heard about Texas you know, having um, abortion restrictions that really there are very few abortions happening in Texas anymore. There are no abortions happening right now in Oklahoma. So there's a lot of states that have already started to go this route before there's a Supreme Court decision kind of eliminating the the nationwide protections of Roe versus Wade. And we've seen patients going, just traveling further and further. Every day I see patients who have flown in from Texas or driven in from Texas, literally to talk to me or one of my partners see us for a short amount of time in the office, take a medication, go home. So, yeah. I mean, that, that is in my, in my world, if you, if you told me this was happening four years ago, five years ago, I would say this, that's bizarre. No. That is that's yeah. not a thing. That's, yeah. But that's, now we're watching that's, it. That's you know? what, that's what I would have said too is, oh gosh, no, right. you know, that of course that's not going to happen. We've, we get it now. You yeah. know what I mean? We're, more mature and grown up, not really okay. It so it and it's and it is. I mean, I just have a this topic makes me so sad, and 
it it just also, I mean, I guess because of where I am and how I think about, you know, people and you have to decide for yourself what's best. And um, I, I can't say what you should do with your life. You know what I mean? Um, then to have this going on right now and people thinking they, they can't. And I think, I don't know, but I feel like some people just think, well, this is how my life is. And so that's how your life should be. And it's like, oh my gosh, no. Everybody's life is so very different. Everybody's at different income levels as well. I mean, this is going to affect poor people much so negatively. Right. So that's the, right, that's the, totally. those are the people mm -hmm. that are going to really get hit because they can't afford to travel outside of their state. Right. And people and people it will affect people that have less resources. Yeah. It will also affect people who are already kind of marginalized from healthcare, so people who identify as black, indigenous, other people of color. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different groups that we know from really good public health research already have such a hard time accessing healthcare for lots and lots of different reasons. Right. This would be a whole nother. Right, right, yeah, right. <laughs> this would be a whole, whole long mini TED Talks, but, right. but, but we already know that exists. I mean, there's great research being done about that all the time and, and how, to, how to change those disparities. But making access more difficult, especially for something as essential as abortion or other types of reproductive health care only widens that gap. It only makes it greater, only makes it harder to get to. And one thing we've learned over the last couple of years is, you know, there are ways as a healthcare provider to increase access, kind of the obvious things, more doctors, nurses, appointments, things like that. And then there are things we've had to learn that were less obvious. They've all centered around patient navigation or really connecting patients with resources like funding or travel support, logistics organizations that will help them with those things to get to the appointments. That's been a huge learning curve oh, for wow. our organization. Um, there's a huge network of great organizations that exist out there and it's ever growing, expanding in response to so many things that have happened in the last several years. But it's really hard for patients just already trying to find their appointment to also connect with safe two or three other organizations to help get to their appointment. Right. If you're traveling a couple hundred miles or sometimes even if you're traveling 15 miles, you might need time off of work. You might need money for gas. You might need a hotel room. You might need childcare uh, for your family. I mean, there's all sorts of things you might need beyond just, okay, I have to be there at 11 o'clock on Thursday Gosh. and I have to, you know, get a note for work or whatever. There's all sorts of other things that really add up and people really need help. And there are people helping them. I think that's going to be the big, I know you said everything's going to be sad and negative to talk about, but there are yeah. some positives. Is it abortion will positive. still be legal? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the message that people will get from the media and they will get from reading newspapers, you know, watching TV, is that all of a sudden abortion is illegal. It is not going to be illegal. It will be okay. legal many, many places. And yeah, they're yeah. also many organizations working really hard to support patients. So I hope some of the message and information that people get is that, okay, I don't think I can do this, but people out there can help me. There are places to connect to that can help me with the funding, help me with a plane flight, help me right. with a train ride. I've never been on a train before, whatever. And those organizations exist and they're actively 
looking for patients that need help and vice versa. We're trying to get the patients to those organizations. So we spent a lot of time on that in the last several years. And about six months ago, we worked with our local Planned Parenthood affiliate right here in the St. Louis area. And we opened up what's called the Regional Logistics Center and really have case managers there that we once our patients make an appointment, we connect them with them. They have all that knowledge. They, oh, they house yes. all that knowledge. Right. Someone in their brains also, you know, computer right, right, files right. or whatever. Right. And then, so if you're coming from, I don't know, Kentucky, I personally might not know which funds to call and which organizations can help you, but these case managers do. And so connecting those folks um, has been a huge game changer for our patients to be able to get to get care. And I think that that's what the model will start to look like across the country. People are always asking, what can we do to help? Well, obviously, that's kind of the obvious answer, which is vote, change the legislators, change the laws, right, right, which right. is a good answer. Keep doing those yeah, things. Right. What can you do right now is help those organizations by funding, volunteer, things like that, because those are that is where the access is going to continue and it's going to be legal for patients to So get care. Fir- the first good step for people is to go to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. That's the keepers of all the resource and information. Well, they think, can help yeah. you. I would say with both, I mean, the Regional Logistics Center is a partnership of both. So I, most facilities and providers who are providing abortion have some sort of system like that, whether it's the in- in-house in their own office um, or like us in this kind of building where we collaborate with the Planned Parenthood folks to, to house that information. So um, really is going to the provider, um, finding someone to, you know, there's lots of places to that will still have abortion access. And those providers telling them, I need help. I need help with this. Got, yeah. They can, we either whether it's an independent clinic like Hope Clinic, um, which is actually where most abortion happens in the country. There's in small independent clinics or in Planned Parenthood. They have great pa- patient navigation systems, but the abortion providers are working really hard to connect with these support organizations. Now, the, when you talk about reproductive health, mm-hmm. then is there going to, like, is this going to affect access to birth control and that sort of thing? Like the preventative measures, yeah. right? Like, is that going to be more difficult as well? Probably. In, this, in the states where abortion access is more difficult, we also have seen rumblings around laws that make birth control access mm-hmm. more difficult. And Missouri is a good example. I actually just read an article this morning, I think in the New York Times, about how difficult it is to get contraception access in Missouri. And I'm like, what? Why, why, why is this going the other way? Right? It seems like one thing or another should happen. But there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of bipartisan efforts to work on other family planning measures. So work on the access to birth control, work on um, continuing insurance, good insurance coverage um, through the Medicaid system for uh, birth control measures, and also making sure that there's access points. So in states that are kind of targeting Planned Parenthoods and saying, hey, if you're doing abortion care, you're referring for abortion care, then we're not going to fund you for anything you're doing. Well, they're doing a ton of work around family planning and contraception and all this other right. work. And so you're all of a sudden removing all these access points for patients. And I think it's really important to know that there are really good bipartisan efforts. There's not a lot of good bipartisan efforts on things, but there are in some states around family planning, around at least around the birth control aspect, which again is really important. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It, it's so huge. I can't imagine why you would make that difficult. I mean, I under. I I don't understand, but I do understand 
people that are very against abortion and their mindset and what their thoughts around it. I get that. But then, okay, so if you're upset about that, but then what if we avoid it? We mm-hmm. prevent it. And now you're going to make that difficult too? That, it, it really, it just bogs, it hurts my head. It's so convoluted. Well, it 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 only makes sense if you kind of change how a little bit how you're looking at why abortion res- access is being restricted. And I mean, basically, those are states saying these people can't make decisions around is when that, they are. So parents. that's really the thought. When like, they like are, you don't. Your brain obviously is not. We working. have to make these decisions for you. So yeah. then it makes a lot of sense. Well, we'll also make decisions for you about how you access birth control. We'll make decisions for you about how you access these other types of, of care. And this so contr- very it's a little controlling. controlling. Very. I think, you know, we we have, I don't know, in my generation, I'll say our generation, yeah. we've grown up believing, oh, this is a country where people are free and you can make your own decisions. And what I think is the actual honest truth is that that's not true. I mean, no, it really I depends too. on I mean, where I, you I, live. I've said, you. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know we say we're the land of the free, but that's really not the Nothing. case, no. you know? Um, but I, I also feel like our government and, you know, and, and democracy is an amazing experiment. Um, but our checks and balances somewhere along the way, those, those, where are they? Well, you know, our checks and balances have just been lost in the shuffle somehow. And it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to perhaps go back and have a little bit of a do-over. Like, let's think this all through again. This, you know, like what we want this to look like. Have yeah. I've, I've often said we need the forefathers and some foremothers to get together in a room and start thinking this all through again because it just it it's gotten insane. Well, we we were founded on a separation of church and state, and we are now having states make decisions supposedly based on religious values. It is very true. I I re, I um I've often thought when politicians and they're like I'm a good Christian, I'm like what? Okay, like I I don't care what your religion is. Are you a good person? Are you here thinking about the people you serve rather than your own ego and power? That's what I want to see. Well, and we and we know? I mean we literally said when we were found in this country that people can choose their own religion and they can choose what religious values are their religious values. Right. And we have literally gone in the opposite yeah, direction. Now it's totally okay as an elected official to say just what you said, right. I am a good Christian or I'm whatever. And that's usually Exa- what they that's say. That's the but, one you hear, right. You know, and I'm using my values and I'm making laws based on my values and my religion. Although their constituents might be many different religions and hold very many different, you know, sets of right. what they consider good and or bad to values. Me, so that's the cool mm-hmm. part is that, you know, if we're this, we are supposedly this melting pot, as they used to call us or what have you. That's the part that is exciting to me is lots of different people with lots of different ways of thinking. And, you know, I think. I think people at their you know are very much more the same than they are different. It's just the differences are the big news. That's the thing that we put out there, you know. But everybody pretty much wants the same stuff. We want to be able to have a nice place to live and to eat and have health care and all that good stuff. Uh, let's try to meet where we are. But yeah, it feels it's very divided. So divided right now. It and is, this is not going to help the no, division. No, no, no. And I think it's just, you know, you 
we're just talking, we were just talking about, you know, patient navigation and logistics, but it is totally unacceptable to have patients be traveling hundreds of miles for yeah. basic health care. So, right. but we've, but we've got, it's going to happen. So now we've got to help. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to support it. Right. We gotta help, now we have to think of how to do this. So you right. have choices now when, you know, you live in a state, say, I, I mean, I live in Missouri. And so my, I talk to my husband all the time about, do we, do we need, should we move to a state where, I mean, abortion's kind of just the beginning, right? So right. where we feel comfortable that we have access to basic healthcare rights, where we have access to ways we want our children to be educated, where we have, I mean, there's all sorts of different things that there's a lot of states that are kind of deciding for their residents, you know, this is how it's going to look for you. It and it's based on a few people's religion yeah, or values. the loud people. Supposedly. Right. right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, Dr. Aaron, thank you for all this information. Yeah. yeah. Nice to talk to you about it. Yeah. I don't want to make it sad. I tried to come up with something well, somewhat right. a little bit positive. I think, you know, we've seen, so I think the other positive thing is looking at a state like Illinois that was so restrictive 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and people making really big efforts, the residents making big efforts saying, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't what we signed up for. This isn't the state that we live in. Right. There's been a huge shift. So it can happen. It takes a long time, but it can happen. Um, And so it doesn't mean like, okay, now there's a Supreme Court decision. There's no protection. Game over. We're done. Right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Right. (laughs) We will keep fighting in all the states to make sure the protections stay and that hopefully we can make shifts back the other way because I think people are going to get mad. And I think people that this wouldn't normally affect, that think it wouldn't affect them, it will affect them somehow. They'll have a friend, a sister, a daughter, oh, a loved one needing yes. abortion. And then they'll realize it also applies to them. Right. It doesn't and just apply to those people. It applies to everyone. And so as soon as more people get angry and realize it also applies to all people, <laughs> I think that's when you get change. Well, and as more states experience their mothers dying, you right. know. When we see what happens down the line with maternal mortality rates, when we see kind of what just contraception access looks like, what prenatal, postnatal care looks like. I mean, when we see, we've been preaching, we've been saying this forever. We've been like, this is what's going to happen. And everyone says, no, no, no. Well, this is what's going to happen. All that stuff's going to get way worse. And then hopefully someone will notice. And then hopefully it will shift back the other way. The but sad has to get worse. Is, it's just going to be really, it's, it's, yeah. The domino effect is, hello. You know, I mean, like, Okay, we're gonna have a whole bunch of other children now that need to be put up for adoption. That's all. That system is already a hot mess. Well, I think you the sca- I think the scariest thing that's gonna happen that we'll see is this idea that you can be criminalized. That there's like some you're a, you're you're doing some sort of criminal activity for either trying to access abortion care, helping a loved one access abortion care. You know, maybe. Yeah. Each of these states now, there's many states with legislation that criminalizes pregnancy or actions around pregnancy. That to me is what what is the most dangerous and the scariest thing. No longer a democracy. No, no, no. Doesn't feel like a democracy anymore. No. I have questions for you. Yeah. Now, you know, usually these are very lighthearted and they're they're a little bit, they're not, you know, they're not as like Hey, you know, silly fun stuff, but but what I want to know for you. So for you, I mean, this is a lot. So what is your what is your self care? What do you do for you? 
Ah, um, I like to be outside in the early in the morning. And so usually that takes the form of running. <laughs> Not I, running is is I'm like a jogger, a slow jogger. Okay. I call it running, but if you saw me, you'd be like, is Fast she running walking. or walking? What is she doing? <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not even a morning person. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know how I became a gynecologist that has to get up. He skips super early in the morning. I don't know what happened to me. But but what has by the but the being outside, being in the fresh air, walking around. I feel like there's getting off of the social media stuff and yes. getting off, li- not listening yes. to the news. It's just right. all, it's doom and gloom. And I, because I know so much of it is true because I live it every day. Right. Then I realize, oh gosh, all that other stuff's probably true too. Oh no. And so, you know, but just getting out and getting, I mean, that's my thing. It's just being like, okay, there are other, there is other, there are other things going on. Get out in nature. Know? Right. I there like are it. other, we, there are things that will continue. There are these animals and there's the owls hooting in Forest Park and there's the things that keep going regardless of what happens in the Supreme Court right. tomorrow or next week. Or, it's just such a big, yeah. right in front it really, of you. I think it helps it's get, just gain a, perspective when you think, okay, there's much bigger things out in the world. I mean, this is a huge thing, right? but the world keeps going. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you know, do your part. Try mm-hmm. to, to make things better for everyone around you. Um, so then, all right, you, you've, you were a gynecologist. When did you just like, at what point in your in your world did you say like, I'm going to be a doctor? Like, were you always a little kid that was little like kid. always going to, you were always going to be yeah. a doctor? I always, yeah. Do you remember where the first, like, did you see a program? Do you remember where the first thought came from? I mean, I think I really was interested in it. And then I had an experience when I was in seventh grade where I was, I had a surgery on my knee. It's just nothing exciting. Broken kneecap, had surgery. And I just loved the whole thing. I loved not me being, not being right. operated on, not, not the, but the whole the being in the hospital cap, but... and what the doctors were doing and the nurses and the healthcare providers. And I got really interested in the medicine aspect and taking care of patients, but really the kind of public health. I mean, how, what could I see that would interest me in, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? And really the, the constant kind of steady stream through all that is is the public health aspect. Like how can you, what can you do day to day that overall makes kind of the health of the the people, I'm just saying the people in general, because that's what public health is, right? It looks right. Like all, the people all together um, better. And I, I mean, that sounds weird, but as no. a little kid, that really interests me that this one person could fix me and I was miraculously kind of cured. But what could what could that look like on a, on a bigger on a scale? Bigger scale. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that I was like so, that. It was so interesting. Your heart's so, in the right place. Well, then I think you kind of get, you know, you get, I had great kind of teachers and I went to a great school system that taught a lot. We like our, I was actually just thinking about this the other night, taught like our freshman history class was called World Civ. And it was literally all about kind of world civilizations on these. But the kind of the guiding theme through it all is to be a good leader, you have to take care of people's kind of basic rights. So it was a lot of, it was, we did a lot of reading about how people's rights were being violated right. and then how leaders dealt with that. I mean, whether they were the leaders who were causing it right. or the leaders who were rebelling against it, but that was kind of the focus. It wasn't like, and then there was this, and then there was this. It was about, we did a lot of um, reading of, you know, the people's stories, like, that were, you know, um, being, I don't know, in, you know, people in concentration camps or people in, um, you know, food meatpacking companies in the 1920s or whatever. And what did leaders do to, to make sure these rights were not being violated anymore? Right. That they were like, okay, here's a problem. 
what are we going to do today? So, so we spent a lot of time on that. And I think that really kind I of- I like that core the, though. Yeah. I like the, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, I remember in history class, always feeling like all we do is talk about another damn war. <laughs> and then they keep telling me we learn from history. I'm like, well, we obviously haven't because there's always wars, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, but I like that. I, w- I wish I'd have taken your class, that guiding spirit of basically, are you taking care of the people Mm-hmm. That, or are you that, not? Yeah, you or be. are you not? You know. So there's <laughs> right. a there's a thing out there called servant leadership that, um, and I love I love that term. It and it's you know you have to serve the people that you're going to lead, mm. or, or else you really can't lead them well, you know. And uh, it it it's an it's a beautiful concept that I think is getting lost on some folks. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. And it's kind of that what exactly what that. And the reason I was thinking about that class is because the um, CEO of Yelp just published some interview where he was standing up for abortion rights. And he said, look, this might be risky, but you know what? This is what I think. This is what this is what my company is going to stand behind. This is where this is where I am on this. Well, he went to my high school. So I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if he learned really? that in that same World Civ class that I was in, where I was like, hmm. What an I interesting story. I wonder <laughs> if, if you're a good leader, taking care of people's basic human rights. It's okay to take risks when you're on the right side. That whatever that class, whoever right. taught that class needs to but get that out. That's why I was thinking about Oh, it. that's so interesting. So, well, yeah, go I mean, yelp. Yeah. How, but thinking about good. that, you know, about and so you can't, you can do it on a, a tiny level day to day with your patients as a physician. And for me being a physician, an advocate for my patient, whether that's with policy or media or different things, being a voice, not for my patients, but with my patients about what the, what they are telling me they need um, is so important because a lot of patients don't want to talk to a newspaper. I mean, I get that, right? Yeah, right. I wouldn't, no, <laughs> especially right. when I'm going through something very personal for me, exactly, it has to do with my, yeah, you know, reproduction, like, not, you know, not, things. That's not <laughs> right. something I want as right. you know, fodder um, out there for everybody. Right. Right. So, but I listen to patients a lot, and we talk a lot, and so trying to, you know, at least talk to, be an advocate and talk about um, what patients need and what what their lives really look like. You know, is really important to me now, but it kind of goes through that public health vein, and I think being a gynecologist is a I wouldn't say an easy way, but it's one of the most straightforward ways to be a huge um, impactor on public health. Right. Uh, whether it's in a neighborhood, a community, in your own office, um, and a state, uh, I think, I mean, that's to me, it was an obvious, right. an obvious choice yeah, for a career. Keeping people healthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an important part of our world. And it's, a, it's such a difficult thing with, I mean, it's, again, convoluted, you know, we could go into insurance companies and what happens there. We go into, you know, who has access and can pay for things and who can't. It's just crazy. Um, but yeah, and I don't know who has it right out there. I'm not, you know, you hear about different countries and things they do. Um, you wonder, you know, I had a, a really interesting experience with my daughter um, when I was in Puerto Rico and could not get her fever to go down. And we're in this t- tiny little island, <laughs> Columbia case and you know oh go to the hospital um and she was fine they ended up you know her fever ended up breaking where but we were there for four hours and your blood test urine test the whole thing and at the end you know I was like do you guys take health insurance and they're like oh you have to pay for it and then like when you get back 
maybe they'll reimburse you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, how much is it? It was $35. <laughs> and I just looked at them. I'm like, $35? And she's like, if you can't pay it, I'm like, no, 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 this is less than what my cope. That's a Tylenol. That's mm -hmm. one Tylenol at the hospital in the United States. Like, how is, and I thought, what are you doing here in Puerto Rico that mm -hmm. you're able to be here for four hours and get all these tests and it's going to cost $35? Interesting. Well, most of the people that are coming are covered, I'm sure, by some, I don't know that the healthcare system looks like in Puerto Rico, but are covered by some you know, insurer at the, you know. <laughs> right, right. Right. And unfortunately for, you know, um, how it's played out here, right, is that there's a lot of people coming who don't have insurance. And then right. there's a lot of insurance companies aren't paying very much. I mean, right. there's not, you know, there's not this kind of standard care. In fact, we... Um, at Hope Clinic, we see patients with Illinois Medicaid, and it is my favorite insurer because a patient comes in and they get an ultrasound, and Illinois Medicaid says if someone has an if Aaron King has an ultrasound, we pay whatever it is. I'm making up a number, seventy dollars or whatever. Right. And guess what? You send them a bill, and they pay you seventy dollars on the whole. You know, so you know. It's it, <laughs> this person's insured. They're going to get this, and is you're not dealing with kind of this weird. What was our agreement? And yeah, are you do you, are you bundled with another yet. provider? We're take months and the to patient owes some, and this whole <laughs> yeah. thing. No, no, no. It just happens, and it, that's how Medicaid works in most states. It's you know, it's pretty straightforward, um, and so we're always happy to see. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we're like, oh my gosh, a you know, universal payer would be amazing because that's the example of it. You know, right what you're getting, you know, what service you're providing, you know, so what much you're being easier. paid, you know. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so, you know, it's this exact amount. It's You don't have to charge 50 times the amount so you get some little piece of it or whatever. It just, it is what it is. Oh, gosh. So I'm sure that that's, I don't, can't speak for Puerto Rico's healthcare system. Right, I'm no, I don't not, know enough about yeah. it other than that But that's usually what's happening is that they're, they know what they're being paid by most people walking, or the government for most people walking in the door and then, then they can charge less for they amazing, can charge, right? So, but yeah, there's disruptions yeah. going on though. There, mm -hmm. there are disruptions happening within that health insurance. I, I've got a client called they're Etchik, and they are they're a disruptor. They're a quiet disruptor. Mm. I want to get more out there about them, but you know, they really work with companies to figure out how to get employee health insurance that is not giving you a headache. You can't figure mm. it out. Nobody really understands what they're covered for. And, you know, kind of cutting out any of the middlemen so it doesn't cost as much. And they'll work directly with pharmacies. It's so interesting. And I love what they do. Like, my heart is so with them because I'm like, thank you. Thank you. We need, this is what we need out there. Well, I think, you know, when you were saying earlier, you know, who has it right and who has it wrong, I think... The people who have it right are the people who are following research. So there are lots of people doing lots of public health and medical research. Right. And they're doing a very good job at it. This is their professional job. Right. And so they're coming up with results that are verified when it says, okay, this, this, you know, intervention is better than this one. They've spent the time, they've done the statistics, they have enough people or things that they've studied that it's, you know, that's a, that's a result that you can trust. 
Well, when you go by the results that err on the side of better public health outcomes or better medical outcomes, then you have the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> when right. you do think that, that you know. people to be sensible. I know. People and, like, oh, research, and they roll their eyes. But I'm like, no, but that's, I mean. That's why right. there's a reason for that research. Right. Follow the research, follow the numbers, you know, just some right. good, sensible advice there. Don't. Like, Whenever I start to get confused, I'm like, wait, am I right? Am, yeah. I, am I on the right side? Right. Am I doing the right thing? Right. And like, I just have to read some public health research. Not not people who are pro-abortion or anti-abortion. No, or pro just, or pro- just okay, the there were 10,000 people and we did this, you know, and you look at the information. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yes. And then I talked to, you know, the next 20 patients about their lives. I oh, love right, right. I am, I am on the like right that. side. I, I'm, I, you know, like I'll hear things and be like, and I've got in my world, I've got mm-hmm. some people that I just consider super sensible people mm-hmm. that actually read that sort of thing that mm-hmm. I can say, hey, so I just heard this and then, then they can let me know what they read and, you know, put my mind at ease so that I'm not, because, you know, you you hear stuff and you get crazy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, even, um, you know, like talking to my daughter and some of the things she's heard, I'm like, I'm not sure about that one. Like, that sounds like someone crazy on TikTok just started talking and don't re- they don't really have research behind them. So like, don't, don't listen to that one yet. Let's like actually read the research, figure out, ask the right questions to the right people so we know. Yeah. I mean, has research ever been wrong? Yeah, all the time. But that's why we keep doing it. Yeah. We got to keep doing it. I'm not saying wrong. You just kind of look, you have to look deeper. You have to, you know, include more groups. You have to include more types of people. You got to include, you know, all. But but I think if you look at the basics and say, okay, is this helping? Is this, does this intervention or this thing improve the outcomes of the community or not? (laughs) And if it's improving the outcomes of the community or the health of a community or the income, you know, level of community or whatever, access to basic services, then you're probably on the right page. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least move in that direction. Let's don't move away from that. Have good don't, outcomes. Right. Don't make, don't do, don't do the things that make maternal mortality worse. Do the things that make it better. That's, right. that's my example there. We don't want the moms dying. No. Moms are needed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you for what you're doing. So, you know, a lot of uh, what I talk to people about is kindness, bringing kindness up to that next level. And, you know, you obviously are doing that and also sharing this amazing information with people and getting people to think. That's, that's, I love to get people to really start thinking things through and doing a little bit of research. But for you, just kind of top of mind, um, some kindness you either witnessed or received or gave? Just talk to a kindness. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a big subject, but it's an important subject. No, that's that's great. I think right now, and I hate to, I I don't want to bring this back to abortion, but that's kind of where I'm living. Yes. It's kind of where I'm living all the time. It's kind of a big subject It's kind of where I'm living all the time. Um, I would say the... There is a support organization we work with all the time uh, called the Midwest Access Coalition. And watching, this is many acts of kindness, but just watching the look on people's faces when this organization is able to, we have a little box that they send us checks and we fill with cash. And the organization, Midwest Access Coalition, calls us and says, you know, so-and-so needs 30 bucks to go buy lunch or go home with or whatever. And we put a, give them an envelope with 35 bucks or whatever in it. That The look on people's faces when you hand them 
cash from this kind of person, organization, they don't know is to me that that kindness of these people and that organization, there's lots of organizations like it, that organization working so hard to say, we care. Whatever you need, just tell us what you need and we will try to fix it. Right. For today or for this right. couple of days or whatever. And so you stand there and you literally hand this person an envelope with whatever in it, you know. And the look on their face and that kindness of, you know, this person who doesn't know them going to this person who doesn't know those people. They never see each other. They never meet. They may not even know what this organization is called. That to me is true kindness to say, Aww. I trust you. You are important. You you, your life is important. Your lunch is important. You know, go buy lunch. You have a, oh, some kids with you that, awesome. you know, traveled with you to, to, to the St. Louis area, to Illinois for abortion. Um, go, go have lunch. Go, you know, if you say you need it, just take it. There's no like, they don't ask for income. They don't ask for proof or anything. I think that is kind of, that, that to me is what true kindness looks like. And I just thinking of that because I just saw that yesterday and the look on someone's face when you say, Oh, here, okay. That's like, pri- oh, really? That Don't is have to, like, priceless. Prove something when, to you? Yeah, right. When someone <laughs> no. is just like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for yeah. this. That's one of my favorite things to watch on any like if if when I get into the social media hole <laughs> I'm like right. You know, my, my my is my daughter would say, Your TikTok feed is just so mom. It's like Happy little animals, happy people, people doing nice things for each other, animals doing nice things for each other, or cute little well, can animals. Can you imagine doing if no, for- more, there were even more organizations that said, "We just want to do, we just, we just, you tell us what you need, and, yeah. and we'll try to supply." What we do can't you do need? it all the time? Let's but we'll see try what we can do and help mm-hmm. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, that's a good. And it's up to you. You go spend the cash. Yeah, we're not going to put a bunch yeah. of things around it. Yeah. We're going to let you be a human being. Use your brain. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for coming here and presenting this difficult subject. And um, I know out there, guys, I know you're used to Mish being all wee, 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 you know, but there's important things to talk about. And I know it's hard to be open-minded sometimes about things, but I love you all. So I'll love you no matter what you're thinking. I just hope we were able to present some ideas and thoughts and public health information to you today. Thank you, Dr. you. Thank you. All right, everyone out there, be loving, be kind. Uh, You're listening to Mishmash Podcast. Thanks. See you on the next one.